It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here from the Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today, a bonus edition of the show coming your way. Steven Simcox and I discuss Trayvon Morig, uh, his skills, where we see him landing in the NFL, and we touch on some of the spring game results as well uh, from this past weekend in the Big 12. So kind of mixed bag here, part two of my conversation with Steven. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, so let's move on to TCU player, uh, obviously Big 12 guy. Biggest question is how to pronounce his name. Merig, Morig. I mean, I've heard all different variations, but Trayvon Morig is going to be drafted, we think, in the first round. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just about positive he's going to get going in the first round. Um, probably one of two Big 12 guys that were really confident will go in the first round, right? Him and Tevin Jenkins. Uh, I think there's a chance Creed, somebody could go get Creed Humphrey in the first. Probably not likely, but there's a chance. Um, so Trayvon Morig, you know, for people who don't know about this safety from TCU, talk about what kind of game he's got, how TCU used him, and in the pros, would he be used similarly, or, uh, you know, how would he fit? What do you think? So he was definitely very versatile. I mean, TCU plays that four-two-five scheme, mm-hmm. so they ask their safeties to do a lot. Uh, I don't know if he can play in the box in the NFL because of his size, but that was something that he could do in Fort Worth, and he would come up and make tackles on bubble screens and that kind of thing. But the biggest thing for me and Trey is just his athleticism. Um, you know, he can both guard, like guys on the outside or in the slot. He struggled at times with bigger tight ends, but he didn't seem overwhelmed. And he did a really good job, you know, playing the back end. He was smart. He was able to make the calls, get the guys set up. He has a nose for the football. He had seven interceptions in his career. Now only a couple this past season – but I think a lot of that was teams weren't really throwing to him. He had four in, uh, you know, the f- last full year that he played in 2019. Uh, no major injury concerns. I mean, he was a player that played banged up at times but didn't miss extended time. And uh, I think his ability to create turnovers and cover multiple positions is going to be kind of his biggest strength and the thing that teams love most about him. He makes good reads. He recovers well. Um, he struggled at times against some of the bigger, like wide outs in the conference, like Colin Johnson sort of had his way with him and Jeff Gladney. But mm-hmm. I think that was just, you know, size. Uh, I feel like he's a dude that can walk in and he's probably going to be a mid to late first round pick and he should be able to walk in and contribute right away. Sharp should be able to pick up things quickly and at least, you know, playing in the back end, playing center field, covering guys. I, I think he'll be really adept at. And then, and maybe occasionally he can come down and make and make tackles too. He's a sure tackler, but I just at, at six one and a little over two hundred pounds, I have concerns about you know him coming up and, and run support and that type of thing at the next level. Yeah, the size will be the concern there, and you know it's but it's 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 not uncommon for guys like that to still like if I, I think the tackling part of it's huge, right? I mean, how many safeties we even see at the NFL level who aren't great tacklers? Like it's still something yeah. that's that's a big problem, and and you need to have that in the back end especially now with how, you know, how much passing games use and especially over the field, uh, middle of the field, how much it's, it's used as well. So yeah, 
not sure I see him as a guy who's going to be stopping in the run support because he's just not like the, you know, he's not like the hitter. Like he's not like the landing, you know, landing Collins type guy who's just going to thump, you know, in the run game. But still a good tackler. And like I said, struggles with bigger guys. We'll say this. Uh, TCU, you know, I trust Gary Patterson's players in the NFL, especially guys like coming from that kind of safety position because, like you mentioned, they asked them to do a lot uh, in that in that system, 425. It's it just the whole point of it is to give you a lot of flexibility in the back end. And that is something that defenses right now on the, in the NFL are on the back foot, right? Unless you're getting after the, run, the passer a, a ton, you know, unless, you know, unless you're like uh, the Washington football team, you know what I mean, that kind of pass rush, right? You're going to be on the back foot for a lot of the time in games. And having guys that can help you adapt in the back end, you know, to kind of whatever – the defense is throwing at you, especially smart guys. Like I can mention like that. I think it's a very good asset. And also too, I have to mention is I like it when guys in that range get to go to good teams, right? He's going to be yeah. going to a team. It's a playoff team. And most likely he's going to be going to a playoff team that is probably pretty decent on defense, right? And usually, you know, in the playoffs and pretty good, good on defense. And he's going to be fitting in somewhere, right? It'll be a fit. It'll probably be amongst other good players, so he's not going to be asked to do a ton of stuff, I'd assume, uh, wherever he goes. Have you seen – I mean, I know obviously there's a ton of mocks, but have you seen um, any positions for him, any teams that interest you that you'd like to see him go to? He's shown up a little bit everywhere. Uh, I, I saw early on he was showing up with the Raiders a lot at 17, mm-hmm. and then it seems like he's he's dropped. I know in our ultimate mock draft that Locked On did, he went to the Packers – in the late first round. So it seems like kind of more in the twenties, mid twenties, or potentially somebody trading back into the first round um, at 31 or 32 and taking him if he's still there. Uh, but yeah, Green Bay and, and, and Vegas are, are some teams that I've seen And Vegas would be interesting because they don't have a great defense. So he'd have to step yeah, in exactly. and play some more, but hopefully, you know, I do think if he lands on a playoff team, that'd be a good fit for him. Maybe even if he could play more in like nickel situations early on before starting full time. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm thinking like that if he doesn't go, you know, to, to Vegas or somebody in the late teens, and we're probably talking 20s or maybe somebody trading back in the first round late to, to go get him. Yeah. Could you, could you see that the you know, teams using him as a nickel? I mean, he's, he's got kind of the body for it, right? Like almost a, you know, I, I think Kendall might be Kendall Fuller might be a little bit shorter than him, but I, you know, Kendall Fuller was a guy that good cover skills in college and ended up started off as as a really good nickel before transitioning outside the corner. So I think that's a good it's a good point. I mean, that's that's always kind of a good spot to transition guys to the league, right? Is playing them in that that slot position uh, a lot of time, playing them in that nickel sometimes. You know, so I think it's a it's a good point. Definitely a, a place you could use them. Um, Trying to think of where, let's see, I'm just, I'm reading one mock right now, kind of the teams that are towards the back. Um, I see, I mean, I see, I see, uh, let's see, oh, Tampa. Now, if he went to Tampa, like that would be, I mean, he, he might not play a ton, but I mean, that'd be an excellent yeah. fit, right? It'd fit right in with that defense. He would. And they got some young safeties already that are pretty right. good, like Winfield. Um, so that would be a great place to land. But, yeah, I, I think his athleticism would lend him to, you know, covering guys on the slot. His 40 time actually wasn't great at his pro day. I think he ran like a four, five, four, six, but mm. he said he was nursing a hip injury. So he's allegedly done much better than that. And I feel like his shuttle was pretty good, which is more about quickness. So his ability to guard multiple positions is going to be, um, you know, a, a huge aspect going into uh, the NFL. But 
Yeah, I think you know maybe maybe Cleveland or, or Baltimore at twenty six or twenty seven. Um, I know New Orleans had some interest in him. They're picking twenty eight, which could be a good place for him as well. Mm. They need some help on defense. Uh, and, and then Jacksonville's at twenty five, and that might be a, a consideration. They have they have a lot of needs, so I don't know what direction right. they go, but they might just end up taking like best player available at that point. Right. Yeah. And, and once again. Yeah. Forgot to mention the you know, other teams, obviously in the back there, like, trading in, in in those picks. But um, all right, final question for you is: uh, Is it going to be certain to the Cowboys? You, I believe you're a Cowboys fan, correct? You are. Uh, I am. Yeah. So yeah, Sertain. I think it's going to be Patrick Sertain. Yeah. Um, that just makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. If he's there, I think he'll be the guy. I heard yesterday. Apparently, the Panthers are obsessed with J.C. Horn. So that might be an option at eight for them. And if they take him, then I think it'll definitely be certain. I feel like they've kind of fallen out with Caleb Farley, as a lot of teams have with this back injury issue. Makes me uh, sad. And, and he, he also missed last year. So certain is the dude. Now, the interesting thing, too, is um, I wouldn't hate this because I think you can always use offensive linemen. Mm. But the pick that I feel like would cause an uproar is if they took Slater at 10 because that's been another popular – mock situation if he's still sitting there uh, I hope if that's the case and like Sertain's gone they might just trade back but right I, I wouldn't I wouldn't dislike the Slater pick because like I said I, you can always use O-linemen and um, Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins were both injured a lot last year they they just they desperately need help in the secondary I mean Trayvon Diggs showed some promise but he he needs somebody else on the other side to help him out they're just going to recreate the Alabama secondary, it looks like, right? That's right, it's, yeah. It's kind of the plan. That, that, I mean, that look, it worked for Washington up front, right? They got De'Ron Payne and yep. Jonathan Allen. They drafted Ryan Anderson, too. So, I mean, uh, there was at one point. There are like, worse schools to replicate, I guess. So. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, kind of the, uh, it's kind of the model at this point. Uh, all right, Stephen, I appreciate you joining me and, and helping me hash out a lot of my feelings. You can tell, obviously, this is something that I'm just – I just want it to be over. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just want it to be over. So I have actual picks to talk about, right? You know, we can, mm. we can end the speculation and just talk. Um, and then the next thing I'll get angry about is the fact that people will grade picks. They'll, they'll give them grades before the players have even played. I understand, like, the idea of, like, hey, fit, is this a good fit or not? But, like, do you find that silly? Like, the whole grading, giving, t- you know, guys a grade, you know, it's... Oh, of course, yeah. Like, you give somebody an A because they picked up, like, three guys. You don't even know if they're going to pan out. It's Right. It's all a crapshoot. Let me ask you this really quickly. Yeah. Because I know there's a couple dudes in the Big 12 that are going first round, but is there anybody that you think could go, like, day two, day three, that you see as someone who could have a really good career from the conference? Tylen Wallace. I mean, whoever gets Tylen Wallace is going to be, like, like um, yeah. uh, I remember watching him at the Senior Bowl and, you know, those one-on-ones, I think, are a good indication um, sometimes. You know, he was – because, you know, it's not all, all those guys are not, like, top, top guys, elite guys. He was – he torched everybody. Like, nobody had anything for him. Nobody could stop him. Um, and so that just shows, you know, against those guys who are, you know, mid-level picks, the guys who are, you know – the guys who end up being starting corners and whatnot and teams. I mean, he is – he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's got excellent hands. Um, he, he just knows how to get open. He really knows how to get open in a very meaningful way. Um, and I love that about him. I will say, and I'm, I'm reading a mock draft right now, and it actually had not crossed my mind, uh, Cosme going into the first round is something that could happen because 
his pro day was like so ridiculous. And I know, yeah. I know people, I know we shouldn't read too much of pro days, but um, I think people are just like, people love the physicality sometimes of guys like that. Right. You know, just the, the physical nature of them, but it's, it is, you know, uh, Gabe Eichert puts in at Oklahoma was talking about yesterday. It's a grown man's league. Like it's just the end of the day, you gotta be able to push somebody off the ball. And I think that's the worry about Tevin Jenkins and Sam Cosby is like, will that pan out? I think Tevin Jenkins is, is going to be a pretty nasty, mean dude. Like, I, I like, I think that's just, I think he's a really good run blocker and that's why I like him. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up playing guard um, at some point, but Cosby in the first round will be really interesting. Um, I love Creed Humphrey. I think he is just like, he is going to, some team needs a center. I mean, you plug and play and he is good to go. I, I do think he could play some guard. Um, it's going to depend on what the team wants, but I would say, you know, like my reaction, when you asked me that question, the first guy I thought of was Tom Wallace. Um, I just hard not to, to go that direction. No, that's a great one. Cause if he doesn't get hurt, he's probably, I mean, a day one dude, no doubt. Right. Yeah. He's gotta be, I mean, he, he would have been right. And yeah. Um, you know, the injury is tough. I, I, I feel bad for the Oklahoma state guys this year. I mean, with, with Chuba and then with, with Tylen, I mean, they, their stock took a considerable, uh, considerable hit. Well, did you watch any of the spring games this weekend? Did you watch? Did you catch any Big Twelve spring games? Um, I watched a little bit of UTs, and I saw some highlights of OUs because I saw somebody was like trying to create a quarterback controversy with Spencer Rattler, which I don't even want to give that like time or attention. But I just <laughs> I, 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 I worked with Dusty Dvorak on Sunday, and he he actually called the game on TV, and he he's like. Spencer Rattler sucks. Like you got, you can put in Caleb. Like I watched it. Caleb Williams is gonna be good. He's very, he's an awesome yeah. athlete. Um, like Spencer Rattler's got like a just a cannon, and he's like a he's a very good athlete. And he's good on the run. The guy might win the Heisman this year. Like I, I wouldn't bet, you know, I wouldn't bet against an Oklahoma quarterback <laughs> in that competition, would you? No, I wouldn't either. And I'll also say I I caught a little bit of Baylor spring game. Dude, their line and- sucks. Their well, line is, it, is bad. Like, you expect the defense to be ahead of the offense, but my goodness. I mean, that defense <laughs> was way ahead of the offense. And, yeah, the offensive line looks bad. Also, I figured Jacob Zeno would be the guy, um, and he, pro- he probably still will be because, again, it's one practice out of, like, 14. But, actually, mm-hmm. in that game, Gary Bohannon was the dude yeah. who moved the ball a little bit. And, 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 and – uh... Zeno was going through it, man. He did not have a good game. But, like, I think, to me, the fact that he can move is really good because your quarterback is going to have to. (laughs) Uh, They're going to need to start moving the offense. And I am really curious about how Jeff Grimes is going to orchestrate things because he's coming from a a place where BYU's offensive line was so much better than every team's defense they played. I mean, save, you know, uh, Coastal. Coastal gave him a pretty good run up front, but mm-hmm. uh, they're, you know, so they're going to have to move the pocket a little bit and they just need to find some playmakers on the outside too. Like that offense, because I think, I think their defense is going to be good enough to keep them in games. Their defense actually was good enough to keep them in games, especially the back half of last season. They yeah. kept them in a lot of games. Their, their offense has a long way to go. Did you see the article in the athletic from Sam Khan about, um, about Dave Aranda? Really interesting. Yeah, really interesting. Dave's a, a curious guy. Like, he's very yeah. introspective right. and much more vulnerable than most coaches, I think. 
But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on the defense. And they got some dude – I don't know how to say his name. I think he goes by, like, Apu. But he's a nose tackle from LSU. And he's, like, 330 pounds. I mean, like, this kid's a monster. Like, you don't see dudes this big in the Big 12. You know, he, he's this is an SEC body type of guy playing nose for them. So, that's that's another name to watch because I just – Baylor's at line is struggling, but just watching him, I was like, man, somebody's going to have to move him off the ball. That's going to be a problem. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, Dave Aranda was was definitely smiling um, on, you know, I, I'm sure he felt felt like things went well because he's a defensive guy, right? So it was nice for him to see yeah. defense. I'm sure if he's like, Jeff, how do you think things went? Jeff's like, that was not fun. We did not have a good day out there. Yeah, it was um, three to two at halftime. So that's like I, finger. <laughs> I, I will say that the overreactions to spring games are like are great. Uh, the the one thing I want to close out on with Texas is um, they have to be patient. They really do because Casey Thompson or Hudson Card are neither of those guys are, are going to be the guy that Sark wants long term to to be like the quarterback, right? I mean, he's inher- inheriting that. But we just I, just knowing how impatient they can be, um, like I mean, Pete Kwiatkowski, great defensive coordinator hire, like. Give Sark and if that if that doesn't work at Texas, those two guys, I really don't know what will like that because that's about as good of an offensive defensive combination as you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, I agree with that. But you asking Texas fans to be patient is is a whole nother story. I, I can't see it happening, but I, I'm with you. I mean, it's probably not going to happen this year, but you got to you got to dig your feet in the ground and, and work with this and. Sark, I mean, as much as I love to clown the horns, like as someone who faces them year in and year out, when they hired Sark, I was like, oh, that's a problem. Like, that's bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so you, you didn't like the hire, you did? I did, yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah. as an opposing fan, I was yeah, like, oh, no, man, God, that's, no, that's yeah. a really good hire. Yeah, yeah, it was a good – I mean, like, the only, the only knock on him, like, obviously it was the personal stuff, which seems behind him. And then with the Falcons, I mean, it just it just not being able to get the ball to Julio Jones, the red zone was a gigantic uh, oversight. But yeah, whatever. All right, Stephen, I kept you long enough. Where can people find you and your work? At Simcox Stephen on Twitter, and then um, the podcast is at Locked On TCU, and you can find the pod anywhere except for maybe Apple right now. Apparently, they're having issues. But anywhere else you find your podcast, you can find me. It's Locked On Horn Frogs. It's a podcast. Awesome, Stephen Simcox, Locked On Horn Frogs. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Josh. All right, that will do it for today's show. More draft coverage coming on as the week rolls on. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You can follow me at JoshNapers underscore. Until next time, my friends, please stay safe. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 